Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mod. College Soccer Nation, October 18th, 2021. We are live. We are excited about the show. My name is Matt Mott. They call me Motti. I'm here with Chris Petroselli. They call him Rico. The Rico and Motti show on College Soccer Nation is coming at you. Chris. Hello. Matt, how are you? How are you doing, Matt? <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Big show tonight. We've got uh, Kevin O'Brien from Lipscomb University will join us here in a little bit. Of course, we got the big deal coming up. And the power five tonight is fruits. Yes. Simple. Fruits. Uh, if anybody's listening, please send us in power five ideas. <laughs> Where Our producer wants us to go in a different direction. Yeah. We're running out of ideas. I like my list. You know, usually I'm good with the food, with the foods, Chris. Foods are yeah, usually, but right. fruits, I don't know. That might not be a good one for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's healthy. All right. Um, question time, Chris. Let's get in some questions. Right, We're rocking we got, and rolling here. First of all, let's go over your week. You had one game? One game at Cincinnati. Uh, ended in a 3-3 tie on their senior day. Um, you know, we, we had our kids um, sort of watch their, their senior day, and uh, it was before the game. And they did have the one player who, who passed away this summer who was a senior. Uh, so they had her family there and um, – you know, gave her the jersey and, and and the whole thing. So it was a little bit very emotional for them. Certainly. Sure. But I thought it was really good for our kids to to sit back and watch. Um, and then then the game went on. The game it probably should have ended up six six, but it ended up three <laughs> three. Uh, you know, end to end, and uh, pretty exciting if you're you're a neutral. And actually, let me say this: um, at the end of the game, when the game was over. Uh, Meredith Glenn came over to say hello. You remember oh, Meredith wow. Glenn? Yeah, sure, of course. It was the original That's coach awesome. there. Yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. So many, That's many cool. years since I had seen her, so it was nice to see her. Yeah, they were a powerhouse back when she yes. had it there for a long time. Yeah. Very good. Um, I, I'm with you on that. I, I, I go, I don't, the senior night stuff, like I always tell the people we're playing this, you want to keep warming up, no problem. You want to go in the locker room, no problem. Whatever you want to do, I, I don't. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. I think teams have to have to do whatever they think is best to get their team ready for the game. But I do think that's good. I mean, a lot of times we'll go in the locker room um, or you know stand out there, but we don't typically warm up. But I'm certainly having an issue if some teams continue to warm up. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't mind it either. And 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 they certainly gave us the option to do whatever we wanted. I just felt like it was good for our kids to be respectful and yeah, to you know to celebrate you know, some, some good college careers. So uh, we, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we were part of it, but you know, we stood off off the side and, and uh, cheered for, for their players for sure. Nice. Oh, the AAC just doing it right. So yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get into some of these questions. Here we go. Uh, This is coming from Richard from Pontotoc, Mississippi. Uh, Yeah. How important is first round buys in conference tournaments? I think they're important. Um, I think they're important because typically you get a first round by now you're playing a team that, um, you know, is on, on less rest. And also don't forget anytime you play a game, there's an injury factor and the more games you play, the more chances there are to get injured. Yeah. So I, I think first round by is a good thing to have. I feel like you're talking from experience. With injury, <laughs> the injury yes. <laughs> from the first round by. I, I don't know if we want to ask that. <laughs> I don't know if we want to ask the big deal yeah, we about injuries tonight. We better not ask him. All right, um, all right. That was Richard from Pontotoc. This is Ricky from Batesville. Oh, what what do you prefer? Neutral sites, predetermined sites, top seeds on campuses for first rounds. Oh, for first rounds, not yeah. for just a, yeah. Well, yeah. just maybe the tournaments, I think, overall. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I like about a predetermined site, a, a neutral site. You know, I, I, I loved it when, when the Big 12 was in San Antonio all those years. I thought that was a, mm-hmm. a great place for it. And you guys have, you know, that great tournament there in Orange Beach. So I, I do like the, uh, the neutral sites. 
the San Antonio place was awesome because where we stayed. Let's keep it yeah. real. At least when I was there. Yeah. It was awesome. Hill Country, something. Hill, Hill Country, Country High. High. Great place. Oh, it was awesome. Thank your kids. Great place. Yeah. I beat Nicole in that. What's that ball, thing where you hit the ball around the pole? Smoked during that a couple times. Yeah. Whatever. Horseshoes. I dominated in horseshoes. She beat you in basketball, though. No, she didn't either. Yeah, All right. Did. Jeff from Tupelo. Last question. Yeah. Are you in favor of conference tournaments? Oh, um, no, no, I, I, I don't really see the need for them. I think the conference champion should be the team that uh, won over the course of the year. I think a three, you know, two or three game small sample size is, is not really fair. Um, so I think we would be better off if we extended the season a week longer and got rid of all the conference tournaments. We, we could spread the games out as well. What about the um, – so this is always a hot topic, right? Yeah. So I'm going to give you some – some uh, the other side of the coin. What about the student-athlete experience? Whatever. What about – I don't know. Let me finish. What about the student-athletes that don't have any chance of making the NCAA tournament? Their right. only chance is to compete in the conference tournament. No, they had a chance if all year you, to make the NCAA uh, tournament. But, but, okay, but they also had a chance to get in the tournament. And maybe they, maybe they had a bad non-conference that couldn't do it. So – this, uh, this opportunity for them to go and celebrate a postseason event, there's so, some value to that, Chris. You can't tell me there's not. For that team that was 0-8 in the league, now they have a chance to win it is what you're not, No, that's so not true. About, that's not true. There's not, every, not everybody gets to go, Chris. Not everybody gets to go. to the. You have to qualify okay. still. So you're you have to be good enough to qualify. All right, you're two and six, and you qualify for, for the tournament. Do you have a team in your league that goes two and six that will qualify for the conference tournament? If it were an 18 tournament, we would. But you don't. You're six. That's why you guys are but smart. There are ones out there. There are some that take everybody. Okay, so yeah, that, that, that's the beauty of college sports. No. Getting the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament. They have the opportunity all year long. You get two shots at two bites at the apple. How many? Well, then give them a third, too. Let's give him a third. <laughs> you give him a third. I had to be all four of you can come up with and give him a third. JFK, <laughs> you remember JFK with the magic bullet that, you know, went through three different spots and all this kind of stuff. Don't I mean, start with your history. It doesn't exist. Don't so start with your history don't nonsense. Don't, don't start win. with your history nonsense. Those Let's go back to win. the point. This is this is what he does, folks, when he when he knows he's lost an argument to me. He starts with his history that he knows I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about some <laughs> stupid bullet. Anyway, all right, we're gonna agree to disagree. Let's bring in the uh, let's bring in the big deal. Let's see what he thinks. Brian, conference tournaments, no conference tournaments. As you won yours last year, and you're round to away to an excellent seed in the national championship tournament, and then to an, onto a Sweet 16. What is your thought on conference tournaments? Before that, mind you, you won the tournament at, at LSU on a, a fantastic run at Orange Beach. So, please, what is your thoughts? I, uh, I am a huge proponent of the conference tournaments. Uh, here's what I think. I'm a proponent of divisions in conferences that have a lot of teams. I'm a proponent of conference tournaments, regular seasons, NCAAs. I think the more opportunities we can create for kids to win something, that's fun. It's a, uh, it's what it's about. Great. Every year you start, you're trying to win the regular season. That's a trophy. You're trying to win your tournament. That's a trophy. And you have some sort of goal in the NCAA tournament. Reaching it might be your trophy as well, if you got an at-large bid, say. Um, but I love them. I think they're super collegial. And in some of the big leagues, you know, back in the SEC days, this what is it, the 7v10 game, 8v9 mm-hmm. game, those are basically NCAA playing games. Those are pretty fun as well. So, Mr. Chris, Mr. Supercoach only, I guess, wants to chase the national championship. That's something he's interested in. He's not interested in college soccer, the experience for the, uh, the student-athletes, clearly. Well, it's interesting. You know, the rest of us, and Chris lived, I don't know how many years, 15 years, where his goal was the national championship at Notre Dame every year. They, mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure Mark at FSU isn't so worried about winning the ACC tournament. Oh, he's not. <laughs> or even the regular season. And neither is Anson or – Probably Swanson, Robbie are almost in that boat. Um, so we're, we all got different goals, but there's three other yeah. teams, and I think reaching their conference tournament, playing for that championship's a big deal for them. Well, that's that's a really nice point. A couple I didn't think of, Coach. Well, <laughs> it, it's a it, it's very well said. First of all, uh, you think it's a nice point because he agreed with you, and that's the only reason. That's <laughs> point, but it, but it's very well well spoken. I don't agree, but it's it's very well spoken. <laughs> All right, let's move on. 
Big results, Chris. Go for it. All right, here we go. USC three, Oregon one, TCU one, West Virginia nil. Baylor and Texas play to a nil-nil draw. UCLA, big win, four to one over Oregon State. NC State with a big upset, one nil over North Carolina. South Florida beats Memphis, one nil. Ohio State beats Michigan, two one. Penn State, two one over Purdue. Virginia, two one over Notre Dame. And AM and Alabama, one one. What do you think, Brian? Oh, you missed one. You missed one on there. What I miss? Vandy, zero, Ole Miss, one. Forgot that uh, one on there. Yeah, Come on, Chris. Come on. Right. Big Come win. On. Big win in Oxford, man. Come on, brother. Because it wasn't on there. Well, yeah. was, that a, was that a time machine where you're playing Vandy 2019, 2020? It was a time machine game. It was like a video game. I'm playing the, the 1986 Boston Celtics. In the fall 2021, that was just a good, solid win for Ole Miss. Not a big That's win. Right. Texas a and Bama's on there. Why can't we be on there? Just well, saying, I like the win. That one is a bubble, maybe a bubble. Exactly. That one had implications. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just had to mention it. Sorry. Had to mention it. Didn't mention it in the opening. Had to mention it. Sorry. But Go ahead, Brian. What I think is a lot of conferences either getting some clarity at the top, you know, Rutgers clinching the Big Ten, Southern Cal's got a stranglehold on the Pac 12, Florida State. That's uh, all done and dusted, just except for the award of the trophy. But someone get that South Florida win over Memphis. That makes the AAC very interesting at the top. Uh, the Big 12, Texas and TCU. TCU up a couple points now, but Texas with the game in hand. So right now, we all, we all think NCAA bids, but it's pretty fun watching the conference championships play out. Okay. What are we, we're going to do factor fiction this week. Yeah, yeah factor fiction. Day. We're get, uh, no, Matt doesn't have to be told to shut up. Like it. Yeah, we, we had enough of that, didn't we? Yeah. All right, here we go. You ready? It was a good run, though. Yeah, it was a good run. Good All run. right, I got nine of them. I got nine of them. Woo. Focus in. All right. All right, here we go. Some are more serious than others. All right. Number one, five teams have not won or tied a game. South Carolina State, 0-10. Nichols, 0-14. Mississippi Valley, 0-10. Arkansas Pine Bluff, 0-12. And, and surprisingly, Loyola Marymount at 0-14. All of these teams will go winless in 2021, fact or fiction. Just shut up, Chris. <laughs> You're waiting all day for that one. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I'm going to say that is fiction. One of those teams will win something. I'm going to go fiction. As Darren pointed out, they probably all have conference tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them might be. I think this could be Valley Hogs. They're going to win there. Line yeah. Line swag teams. Like, yeah, oh, there we go. What a long season. Can you imagine being in those seats? Oh, God. It's, awful. It, it's hard to lose when you're, you know, 10 and 5 or something like that. Yeah. Loss on a weekend. 14 straight. Yeah. Brutal. 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 Yeah. But Loyola Marymount was was the uh, surprising one for me. It was. Yeah. They yeah. Agreed. We were being pretty good. Yeah. I think that is that one of the old UCLA assistants. Yeah. It that is. Yeah. All right, number two. You're going to like number two. Number number two is a little lighthearted, okay? Okay. Samford has won its eighth straight regular season conference championship. When Todd Yelton retires, Samford will be renamed Todd Yelton University. <laughs> Fact or fiction? Well, are they going to name it Anson University, North Carolina? I think because if they do, then Todd would have a chance. But I'm I'm going to have to unfortunately say that is fiction. Oh, uh, you're going against Toddy, okay? Yeah, I, I'm going to say it's fiction, but he gets so much play on this podcast that very soon this will be called <laughs> Yes, Rico and Marty podcast. Yes, yes. Uh... That's All good. Right. Here we go. Uh, in the AAC, UCF is currently in last place. UCF will come back and qualify for the 16 conference tournament. Fact. They're good enough. 
they'll figure it out. I, I don't know. I'm going to say fiction. It's too big. A, there's too many good teams that they're on four points. Their end run is ECU, Temple, and Cincinnati. Ooh. Temple just beat Houston. And e, ECU and Cincinnati are no walk in the park. No, no. not long. Chris, how many of those do they have to win? They got to win all three, I would say. Ooh. I would think at least seven points, at least two wins and draw. Yeah. Can't lose. Yeah. Yeah, they lose this All weekend. Right. They didn't play. They, they, wow. they're bye. All right, here we go. Uh, in the ACC, North Carolina sits in seventh place. North Carolina will qualify for the 16 ACC tournament. Who's their last three? Florida State's one of them. It is. Florida State is one of them. Yes, that is fact. They will qualify. Still North Carolina. North Carolina. It's Florida State, Notre Dame, and then Miami are their final three. Um, that is interesting. It is interesting. All point, everything would say yes on history, but I mean that's if they if they make it, they climb over somebody, somebody didn't. And you know, even in front of them, Virginia Tech is about to close Miami, Boston College, Syracuse. Oh. Uh, yeah. In front of them, Wake is about to, yeah, it's a little trickier, NC State, Pittsburgh, Notre Dame. But NC State at Wake is a pretty big upset alert this week after last weekend for NC State. So I, I'm going to say fact, they still make it. They finish sixth. Yeah, you, you you bring up NC State. Um, I don't I don't know what the what the uh, uh, the results show now, but I do remember one time going back and looking at every team that had beaten North Carolina. There weren't that many, <laughs> and their record um, for the next game, and no one had won their next game. It was like <laughs> ten. It was like zero and ten, right? <laughs> so yeah, you're right. That is a that's a hard one to, you know, to follow up. Well, I'm thinking about this. NC State is behind Carolina in the standings, and NC State finishes Wake, Syracuse, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to also have to catch somebody. They they've yeah. got to not get caught by NC State. Coming the other way. Let me tell you this: if North Carolina does not make the ACC tournament, who wants to play them in the first round of the NCAA tournament? <laughs> No. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, 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 and they're still going to be a seed, right? Even if they don't, yeah. they finish. Yeah. They're fourth in the RPI or something. Aren't they? Yeah. All right, let's do it, Chris. Next All one. Right. Because of a cancellation between Oklahoma State and Iowa State in the Big Twelve, uh, the tournament uh, championship will be decided by points per game. Mm-hmm. Currently, Texas leads in points per game. Texas will win the championship. We'll win the, the tournament championship or win the regular overall season. regular season points per game. They're lead, they lead, and that's how they're determining it. If you look at number of points right now, TCU would be ahead, but points per game, Texas is ahead. Yeah, but Texas has a game in hand or doesn't have great, right? so they got an extra game they have to play. Yeah, they, right? do. they do. So that that could, points even more. It could, or it could. Yeah. Go back the other way. Yeah. I'm going to say no. I don't think they're the best team in the Big 12, so I don't think they'll be the conference champs. Yeah, I think they're going to finish second. The The points per game is close, and TCU would really have to stub their toe to not get by their last two. I think it's something like Iowa State and Texas Tech. Meanwhile, Texas has got West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Kansas to finish, and they'd have to go unbeaten in the three to make it up. So I'm going to go with TCU ends up nipping them at the, at the, at the wire. All right. Uh, number seven, we're on the big 10 will at least equal the ACC in number of NCAA bids. I'm going to excuse myself from that one. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> so big time. 
I wanted one of them. I wanted to say it for one of them, Brian. I wanted to say it for one of them. No, I'll answer. Uh, I don't think that they'll they'll tie him or beat him. You said. I said at least equal. No. Fiction. I, I doubt it. I say it's fiction too. But they're yeah. going to get a bunch. Big Ten's going to get a bunch. They're going to have the second most for sure. <laughs> Maybe I just did one team. But all right. Um, next one. Stanford, currently third in the Pac-12. Stanford will not finish in the top three in the conference. Ooh. If, if they had a COVID outbreak that you know about and we don't. <laughs> so you got USC, who's won 11 straight. You got UCLA. Then who's the next one, Brian? Is this, is this a group project? Or just uh, we have to do the individual. Uh, I am going to say nope. They will not. So I'm, I'm going to say, say that is fact or fiction. Which one is it? That will make it. Uh, I said will qualify. Uh, I'm sorry. Will, will not finish. Fit. So that will, will not finish. Search. I I think that's fact. They will not. Yeah, I th- I think it's much more likely they finish second than fourth. They're a point behind UCLA. The teams trailing them are Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State. Certainly Oregon, Oregon State aren't catching them. So it's just Washington State, and they probably haven't shown enough that they can be in the top three. I'll take Stanford to finish second. I think they nip UCLA in the end. Have you looked at Stanford's schedule? I did for a moment. I didn't look at the other team's schedule. Stanford finishes the Arizonas, UCLA, Southern Cal, and Cal. Um, Washington State, who they got? We'll tell you momentarily. They beat Washington State head to head. Washington State has Southern Cal, UCLA, the Oregon's, and Washington. So I like Stanford a lot. All right. All right. Okay. All That's right. Number good. 11, Brian Sleeper, LSU, is currently 11th in the SEC. That is a 10 team tournament. LSU will qualify for the SEC tournament. Uh, are you recusing yourself from this one? Yes, yes. I'm not answering. Um, and it's going to be a fantastic finish with Florida A&M and LSU. One of them's going to get left out. I still don't think it's going to be A&M. So it's coming down to the game at Florida, LSU at Florida, second to last game of the year. LSU has certainly has a chance against South Carolina this week, but they got about the same chance me, you, and Matt do of beating Arkansas in the last game to stop them from a perfect season. So do they beat Florida in that game? I, I'm going to wear purple and gold glasses. In honor of Edo's last season, they're going <laughs> to Florida 2-1 in the road to, on the road to qualify. Tenth. Right. What did I see? Edo was getting $16 million to walk away. 18. 18 million. 18 million is what I saw. Edo is getting it all. They talked settlement early, but there was no settlement. It was, we signed this yeah. with you. Here you go. Oh, wow. All right. I mean, I don't, right. Brian, just let, let's talk that just for one quick second. They just beat Florida. So he's done so many stupid things that, or I, I shouldn't say that. I, he's done enough egregious things for them to get rid of him at the end, but he can stick around for the rest of the season. Yeah. I don't know about the interim coach or why he's sticking around for the rest of the season, but probably beating Florida kept him on through the rest of the season, but there's no crazier fan base that bleeds into like the boosters and the board, the board and the boosters are all just fans. And so if you don't win, the leash is so short with football there. You know, he, he won, how long ago was that national championship? Two years? Two years ago. Undefeated season, one of the greatest yeah. seasons in college football yeah. history. Yeah. But yeah. They, they don't like 500. They don't like. I mean, the same thing happened to, uh, what's his name at Auburn, right? He did the same Gene thing. Gene Chizik, yeah. yeah. Um, Ed's was even quicker. You know who LSU plays next? I know they play the Land Sharks. This is going to be awesome. Land Sharks, baby. Let's Coming go. Down the Lane Train, baby. Yeah, you know who uh, 
all the locals want to be the next head coach at LSU. They want him, they want Lane to move up. Lane to make a move up. We'll see. All right, all right let's move on, Chris. All right, <laughs> uh, team of the week. What do you guys got? I'll go. I got two. Can I have two? Yeah, I got you guys two. always get to have two. I can have two. Go ahead. I have a, a non-power five and a power five. Non-power five, I'm going with Brown. Big win. Oh, that must have been Brian's. He gave me the look. The big win over Harvard in, a, in the front runner now to win the Ivy. I'm going with Brown. And my second one is, it's not wasn't getting a lot of attention, and now they are rolling, is uh, USC, Southern Cal. They've won 11 straight, won this weekend, dominating beat Oregon, who had been rolling. Um, so 11 to 0 USC is my second team of the week. All right, Brian. I'm going to go with it's too easy, but NC state. Yeah. Came I knew in. I gave that to one of you guys because I knew someone would take it. Yeah, I figured Brown, one's, Brown one's fun though, isn't it? They pretty much clinched the Ivy. That's over. They yeah. put two bottom feeders and Penn. They'd have to lose twice. No chance. But, um, NC state came into the weekend under 500 on life support in the league. And ended the weekend with two top 10 wins safely in the NCAA tournament. I'd argue probably a seed in the NCAA tournament if it came out today. So can't have a bigger week than that. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. I've got uh, Navy. Uh, Early on, 2 nothing win against American, but that's not the big deal. A 3-1 win over Army. Anytime Navy beats Army, it is a huge result for Navy. So Navy currently at nine five and two. We're efforting uh, to have have uh, Karen on as well, right? Yes. We're going to try and get her on. Uh, I think that'd be good. But yeah, no, congratulations, Navy. Yeah, um, they won the big trophy, Armed yeah. Forces Trophy or something. It's called. I don't know. Good Commander in Chief Trophy, I believe. There you called. go. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That's nice. That's nice. Always wanted to be one of those, Chris. <laughs> All right. All right. Upset. Upset <laughs> of the week. What do Upset we got? Of the week. I'll go. Yep. I'm going uh, Brian's Conference, Conference USA, Western Kentucky. Oh, yeah, that one too. Uh, loses to UTEP 2-0. UTEP was 0-5, 3-10. Western Kentucky was rolling and uh, and got stopped by UTEP. Congratulations, in, UTEP. In a non-conference game, poor UTEP. At the bottom of the league standings, beat one of the top teams, and it doesn't even count for three. Oh, it doesn't count. Oh, it's a non-conference game. Wow. Bring the pain. Yeah. Bring the pain. But I'm sure they Crazy. enjoyed it. Uh, West yeah, West I'm West. sure they're pretty happy about it. Yeah. is a tough place to play. That was awesome. Yeah. All right, Brian. Who you got, Brian? I, I'm going to flip it to uh, Chris's league. Let me go with my second choice. Temple upsetting Houston. Now they're my mm. team's having a great season. The AAC is as tough a conference as they come right now, top to bottom. Like you said earlier, Central Florida sitting in the basement. Um, but a huge win for Temple to keep themselves in contention for the top six in the conference tournament. Yeah. And the uh, AAC is wild right now, isn't it? Everybody's still alive, Chris, right? Everybody's got a chance. We play Temple next. They're sitting right behind us. So it's not easy. You know what's really fun, Matt? That every team in the league's got a chance. They all have hope right now at the end of the season. What do they have hope for, Brian? Why is that? They I, have hope for a national championship or they have hope for something else? Okay, my upset <laughs> of the week. <laughs> oh, the conference tournament. Oh, that's fun. So they're so, playing for something. Oh, that's crazy. So, Wild. Wild. <laughs> uh, my upset of the week. Chicago State 1, Abilene Christian 0. The first conference win in the history for Chicago State. Their first win since August 25th, 2017 against St. Xavier. And the third win in the eight-year history of the program. So congratulations to Chicago State. Brian, I didn't know we had Chris Henderson on the show. <laughs> I saw that tweet from him. That's where he yeah. got that. Is that what I from Chris Henderson? Oh. Yeah, you know, Chris you know Henderson's on the show. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how easy it is then to do Chris Henderson's job because there's this thing called the internet. Oh, so you went and checked Chicago State Square, Chris? Is that what you did? 
It's on your main page. Look up Chicago State women's soccer on their main page. What's the story? (laughs) 300 different websites you're perusing each day? No, no, no. Come on. I'm looking for for information about the the upset. What are you you Googling? Women's soccer upsets? Come on, Chris. No, I saw the result and I thought it was an upset. So let me look into it. (laughs) That's impressive research. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure you did. You know, we're always. I'll send you the link. We're always okay. wondering who this Chris Anderson guy is. We think it's an alien. <laughs> yes. Potentially, it's old uh, Rico. No. Yeah, Please Rico. Do Don't do Rico. that to me. Don't Rico. Do that. Oh, God. Anyway. All right. All right. Um, is that what we got, Chris Form? That's what we got. We're going to bring Kevin in next. Yeah, Brian. You know Kevin O'Brien? Let's go. Good, good fella. Awesome dude. As a great coach. And like we say a lot, um, the, the person before the player and the person before the coach, his teams are great, overachieved constantly. He's turned Lipscomb into a mini Samford since this is the Todd Yelton Love Fest podcast. May as well refer to him one more time, but he's done an unbelievable <laughs> job at Lipscomb. And that's, that's the type of guy you'd want your kids to play for. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Brian, thanks. Uh, who thanks, you got Brian. this week, Brian? We play Middle Tennessee State on Friday. We're going to try and find 11 healthy who are willing to wear a uniform, and we're going to go get them. <laughs> I would uh, I would have a game plan for Peyton the Priest. Yeah, she thanks. is one it's heck of a player. You're welcome. You're welcome. CC, Brilliant, you guys are busy poaching everybody across the country. There's a good kid in the West Coast Conference. Oh, he's all of a sudden he's in. She's in the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> she is uh, called. Hey, she's excellent. She's fantastic. She is. She really is. Yeah, excellent player. All right, Brian. Good luck. Uh, good luck. <laughs> no problem. See ya. All right, Chris, excited to bring in our next guest. He is a listener, which we always like that. We appreciate that. But Kevin O'Brien from Lipskin, the Bisons. Uh, we're excited to have him on. Kevin, how are you doing on this uh, Monday evening? Doing great. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan and uh, excited I could get on here to represent mid-major world and uh, <laughs> uh, all of our great soccer programs that maybe don't get a whole lot of pub, so to speak. Well, um, first of all, you said you enjoy the show or you're, you know, you think it's great. That's a huge step in the right. I don't know if we've ever had that, Chris. Have we We've ever I had any feedback? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know anyone right. who it. We, well, that's like LB. We're going to call you OB if that's okay, Kevin. Right. That's uh, where he goes by his nickname, but um, certainly uh, uh, we appreciate it. And he's such a positive guy and nice guy, Chris. So we're lucky to have this one. All right, let's go. Uh, OB, we go, we'd like to start with, if you wouldn't mind, give us, take a few minutes and give us your, your path into, uh, you know, kind of where you started out coaching and to the to current day here at, here at Lipscomb. Yeah, I've got a little bit more of a unique journey. Um, I started actually coaching on the men's side. Uh, when I was in college, I played at a place called the College of Charleston. And um, I just remember it was probably my junior year, had a, a, a PE class uh, close to where my coach's offices were. And they were out playing soccer tennis in the morning. I'm like, man, that looks, that looks pretty fun. And, um, <laughs> you know, in the afternoon, they're on the field with us. And I'm like, man, I could, I could really maybe do that. Uh, uh, and that got my, my interest peaked for coaching. Well, shortly after I graduated, I, I knew that's what I want to get into and reached out to a coach that had recruited me in the recruiting process, a guy named Brett Simon. Uh, he was at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska, and um, said, Brett, I don't, don't really know how to get going. Uh, just graduated from college, but I want to get into coaching. And uh, he said, hey, we've got a, uh, a volunteer position on our staff. We'd love to have you come out. So I moved from where I was living in South Carolina, ultimately out to Omaha, Nebraska, and worked, uh, worked alongside Brett um, in a really, really terrific program. I mean, both years I was there, the team went to the Elite Eight and just got to learn and, and kind of sit under – uh, a guy that I thought was a brilliant soccer coach. And, you know, the way it worked out, he gave me plenty of flexibility where I could keep playing soccer as well. So um, in the off seasons, I, I played with the Charleston battery and with a team called the, the Charlotte Eagles. And, you know, after those two years at Creighton, the top assistant uh, guy by the name of Dana Taylor got the head coaching job at Oregon state university. So here I went from being low guy on the totem pole uh, to getting an opportunity to bump up my position at Creighton or to head out west to uh, Oregon State. And, 
you know, I was an adventurous young guy. I said, hey, let's let's go out west. So I headed to Oregon State and loved it. I uh, was there for two years and we were uh, trying to rebuild a program that hadn't had a whole lot of success. And, you know, we got incrementally better when I was there. And, you know, Dana was learning how to be a head coach for the first time, which I think for me was a, a, a real good opportunity to learn like, wow, there's a whole lot to this that I didn't learn when I was at Creighton because they were a well-oiled machine. Um, so I spent two years there and I was still pretty young and, and had opportunities to go back to play. I went back to Charlotte uh, to play with a team called the Charlotte Eagles. And I hopped on staff at UNC Charlotte. Uh, the coach at that point in time was a guy named John Tart. Uh, spent a year working with John. And then um, there was a coaching change there. And, uh, and a guy named Jeremy Gunn came into the program. Now, Jeremy uh, is a fantastic soccer coach. He uh, had great success at Charlotte and then ultimately was hired away to Stanford and has won three national championships at Stanford. So, again, I had the opportunity to work under a guy who was a brilliant soccer mind. And, you know, and I was a young guy, took lots of notes and uh, kept track of things that we did well and didn't do well. And uh, lo and behold, after that opportunity, I went to Davidson uh, as an associate head coach. So I basically went from the lowest rung on the ladder and worked my way up long career as an assistant coach finally an associate head coach. And then, um, and this is all on the men's side. This is what's kind of crazy. Mm. Uh, then all of a sudden had someone reach out from Lipscomb University. I'd known the men's coach, worked camps with him. And the AD reached out to me and said, hey, would you have any interest? We're a little bit of a unique university. It's faith-based, division one. We're looking for a coach. Heard that kind of fits your MO. And uh you know, we had a great conversation. That was a Friday. He flew me out on a Monday and he offered me the job on Tuesday. So next thing my wife and I know is we are coming to Nashville, Tennessee to, uh, to, to again, try to uh, build a program that had no success. I mean, Lipscomb, before I took the job, had never won more than four games in the history of the program. And, uh, and it's been a long road. I mean, I'm, I'm here almost 10 years now and um, and loving every minute of it. And, you know, thankfully I've found a little bit of success and would attribute most of what I know, what I do to the, the men I worked for prior. Um, and yeah, just, just grateful to be in the role that I'm in. Well, you're really lucky to have coached under so many good coaches. I wonder what that would have been like. I mean, I really, <laughs> I wasn't able to have that kind of, I'm just kidding. I had two great ones as well, but I had to give Chris a little jab there. No, that's fantastic. No, ahead, those, are, those are big names there. I mean, those yeah, are absolutely. quality, quality guys. And you know, anybody in our profession knows those names. Those are, those are some of the best coaches that, you know, that there are, that are out there on the men's side. So uh, obviously it had to be, um, you know, a, a great environment to learn in and, and to grow in. Um, I did, I did have a question for you that, that popped a, into my mind right away when I started reading your bio and, and looking you up a little bit. Why is Lipscomb called the Bisons? Aren't the Bisons like in the West somewhere? Unless I'm wrong, are there Bisons in Tennessee? Like, I, what? How did that happen? I, I have not seen one myself personally, uh, <laughs> nor nor do I know where the origination of the mascot came from. Uh, I do know that it's not grammatically correct, and I get a little bit of stick about that as well. But uh, hey, you know what? I, I don't have enough sway within our university to make any kind of changes, so I'm just going to go with. It. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I think bison, right? Uh, they're out west for sure. So somehow somebody imported a bison into, into Tennessee for for some reason. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, all right, I'm going to go next, Chris, um, and we'll just go back and forth, Obi, Chris, and I, but. Let me ask you this. So I've played your teams. Your teams are um, absolutely known for um, big time defense, hard to break down, hard to play against, um, you know, defensively really, really strong all the time, every single year. So if you wouldn't mind, share with us some of your defensive philosophy on how and why you get your teams to defend so well. Yeah, I, I would say I probably learned that most from Jeremy, uh, who's now at Stanford. They, they play 4-4-2, just really compact, organized. And I was able to witness, you know, as a part of the staff, just uh, him take a team at UNC Charlotte that was a very, I would say, average Division I program before he got there 
And before my eyes, within just a couple years, they were incredibly hard to break down. Took UNC Charlotte to a national championship. I mean, what, what are the chances of that happening? Um, and it was solely built on being compact, organized defensively, and being really, really committed to transition. So, you know, I had some struggles early on, if, if I'll be honest with you. I tried to play 4-4-2 with the women, tried to play zonally in the midfield, and we just really struggled, if I'm being honest, to, to cover the width of the field. Um, and we were getting played through too easily. And, and ultimately, you know, it, it was hard to replicate zonally. Uh, what, what we've done now is we basically don't play – uh, zonally, but it's more of a diamond. So you've got that built-in six, you know, that holder in front of your back four. But everything's predicated on pressure on the ball. Then once the ball bypasses, you're back pressing and doubling down and really limiting pockets of space where, where teams can have any kind of time on the ball. And what I learned really quickly, and, and yeah, again, my first couple of years, you look at the record and you say, man, it, you weren't very successful. But we took the score lines down from being big blowouts to being 1-0 and 2-0 results. And I just saw very early that you could have a, a, a profound effect through just coaching an organization uh, on the women's side. And, and we've kind of just built our program on it. And over time, we've gotten more athletic. So it's made us more competitive. And then we've been able to, uh, you know, secure a couple players that were decent goal scorers that – you know, ultimately, you can't be a great defensive team that never scores. You'll never win a game. Uh, so we, we've gotten really good at saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to be stingy, and then we're going to be really quick in transition and, um, and hopefully catch, catch teams sleeping. And, you know, we, we had a good amount of success doing it that way. Do you feel like, Kevin, that um, – uh, like, I don't want to say sitting back in, but, like, just getting numbers behind the ball – is the most important part of that or the kind of the back pressing like you talked about is what you really focus your time on or what is the focus training wise? Yeah. And I would say it's changed over time. So early on, yeah, we took space away and the point of confrontation, we were low, we play in a low mm. block and we just, we weren't athletic enough to recover if teams played it over the top. Uh, as we've gotten, obviously the, the, the players within the program have understand the system and style that we're wanting to, to play week in and week out, we've gotten more adventurous. So now that point of confrontation, it went from a, a low block to a medium block. Now we actually high press out of it. So when we, when we played this year, Mississippi State and University of Miami and those guys, we are not sitting in deep anymore because our back four are fast enough to, to run with a lot of athletes. So I think it has to do with the, the personnel you've got um, and, and ultimately where you want to pick up your point of confrontation and set your restraining line uh, is going to be contingent on their ability to recover to balls in behind. So, yeah. um, so we no longer, and I think, Marty, when we played you last time, we, we probably did. We sat in and we were compact and we gave you no space behind us. We wouldn't do that today. Um, and, and we, we, you know, cause in the end we want to win the ball as close to goal as we can. Sure. You know, again, it's a shorter distance for us to then try to score. But in the early years, we just didn't have the personnel because one ball through and we were done. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's changed over time for sure. Uh, you mentioned uh, a little bit about, you know, recruiting better athletes and, and things like that. But you're, you know, you're sort of a maybe a specialized recruiting a little bit, you know, being a faith based university. Um, so tell me how that comes into play as you go about your recruiting process. Yeah, we're really intentional about it. You know, Lipscomb is super unique because the kids have chapel that they've got to go to and, and Bible classes. And they're just a whole lot of kids that aren't going to be interested in that. But, but Chris, what I have found is, yeah, it is a niche that there are enough really talented soccer players out there. They want it. So now we kind of, it's funny, my first couple of years, I, I kind of shied away from, you know, basically owning the niche. Uh, and then, then one day I'm like, gosh, you know what, let's just commit to it and, and let's see how it goes from here. And now we found tremendous success, not only with high school kids coming into college saying, hey, you know what, I want that faith component to be part of my college experience. We're getting a lot of transfers now that have gone and they, they've tried it elsewhere and they felt like, man, you know what, missing that piece was something that, uh, you know, was strong enough that they were willing to, to make a change. And, and we've been able to land some kids, but we're super intentional about it. When we go out recruiting, we. You're not, the, you're not the last one that has that. We've had that before. Yeah. It'll be no problem. 
I think it happened to Hanson too, so don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, if you want me, to, I'll finish that answer. I mean, ultimately, sorry about that. Um, yeah, right. The 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 reality is now we're really um, we we almost try to scare kids away, you know, uh, because the sure. fact of the matter is the last thing you want is someone coming thinking, hey, Division One Nashville. Uh, and not knowing really what the college experience is going to be like at a small faith-based school where you've got, we've got curfew. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, a lot of college kids, they have no interest whatsoever in going to that kind of school. So, um, but it's really benefited us. And, and now we've got a team where we've got, I would say, and I want to be really, really careful, but we've got a, a, a unity and a togetherness because I think there is a like-mindedness in the individuals within our team that you can't quantify how that helps your program. But I think you guys, any coach would be, yeah, unity's good. Um, and, and I think that we uh, really, really benefit from that being a huge part of our culture is the kids just, they're on board. Uh, they work hard for each other. They, their platform isn't about winning for themselves. It's, it's about maybe a bigger platform and it's really been good for us. Yeah, I, um, I'm sure. I mean, first of all, you guys got God on your side, so you, know, <laughs> you got us all beat. You know, um, uh, I, I I'm not sure about... how she cares about soccer, but uh, <laughs> you know, the 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 reality is that the kids all love that part of it. Yeah. How, how much has uh, has Leah Fortune helped in that? You know, uh, in, in that recruiting piece. Oh my goodness. She's phenomenal. Not only as a coach, but just as a person. So yeah, uh, again, yeah. something we tell our, the kids we're recruiting, we've got built in female mentors and, uh, and I would argue uh, anyone else in the country, like I think our assistant coaches have more, you know, coffee dates with our players than, than anyone out there because they're always investing in not just soccer, like she'll do video with kids and she'll, meet with them about tactics, but man, it's more about life. It's about, yeah. you know, the relationships they're in, their families, what they're studying. Um, and, and I, as the head coach, completely empower my assistant coaches to, to create that depth relationally. Because I think, again, it, when you've got that within your program, kids are willing, I believe, to run through a wall for coaches that really care about them more than for what they can just do on the soccer field. Yeah, for absolutely. sure. What a, what a great player she was, too. Yeah, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Had a long flip throw. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> let's talk, OB. A little um, more than that, Matt. There's a little more than a long flip yeah. throw. Come on. I, know. He's like, I was great with She was a great player. But I love the flip throw. She's a really good player. Um, all right. Let's talk. Good basketball player, too. We saw her play basketball. That's right. All right. We did. Um, power five teams. Ob, you've become kind of a power five killer. You know, won a, a number of games lately against some of the power five teams. Um, what's what's the secret? And 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 you know, you guys get up for it. What's the secret of of that success against some of the the power five wins lately? Yeah, you know what? I, I think it used to be that it used to be how you had to be emotionally charged up, ready to go, mm -hmm. and that extra energy was needed for you to kind of close the gap, the talent gap. Because let's be honest, every game we play against those guys, you guys, there is a talent gap. Now, uh, I feel like the talent gap has diminished. You know, it's still there to a degree. Sure. Um, but I think a lot of it's game planning, like knowing what the opponent's capable of doing. And, and we're really big on, you know, our scouting reports and the players having a really detailed picture of how we're going to be successful against this team, you know, whether it's their system, their shape, their personnel, sometimes it's a bit of all the above. And so they go into it with a ton of confidence where I think in the past, it was kind of a hope and a prayer, like, Hey, we're just going to give it the old college try. And, you know, we weren't able to be as successful early on. Um, now that we've got players that are more talented, that have more belief in their own abilities. And quite honestly, half the roster are power five players. They either came from there or, uh, they could have gone there had they chosen that route. Um, there's really not that fear factor that there once was. So sure. I think it's kind of a culmination of all of that. Makes total sense. It's impressive, though, what, what, yeah. what you've done, for sure. Um, I want to ask you about uh, this decision you had to make during your career about changing over from men's soccer to women's soccer. And, you know, what was the thought process uh, 
how, how did that go? And, and, and also as, as we're involved in that, as you were talking, um, I know you, you, you've got kids, you're married, you've moved a lot, all of that kind of stuff. Like how's all that stuff play into it? Yeah. Well, the reality was, I, I remember the day I, I was actually recruiting. We were in Dallas, we were in Frisco. Uh, I was at Davidson. I was sitting next to my, one of my best friends, a guy named Kelly Finley, who's at NC state at the time. Um, and we were just having a conversation uh, about, you know, our lives and what direction, you know, it could ultimately go for each one of us. And he was sharing about some of, you know, the challenges about being at a high pressure environment like he had at NC state. And, you know, our, our, a friend of ours that, that we'd been working ODP with for years in North Carolina, Carlos Samuano at North Carolina, his first year, he won a national championship. And I said to Kelly that day, I'm like, Kelly, if we pulled 10,000 people on the streets of Dallas, how many do you think would know the name Carlos Samuano? And, it, and, and he was like, wow, yeah, probably not too many. And I'm like, yeah, well, what are we chasing after? You know, we're in a sport, if I'm being honest, and I hate to do this, that's relatively insignificant in the, the U.S. sports landscape. So here's a guy that won a national championship uh, who most people probably wouldn't even know who he is. And the reality is that kind of just set me on a journey to be like, you know what? I want it to be so much more than just coaching, working my way up that soccer ladder uh, to be at the best, biggest name school I can be at. I want it to be at a place where I could have impact and, and really help change kids' lives and see transformation in, in who they are from the moment they show up to the moment they leave. And so that was really it. And, and I told my wife at that point in time, I'm like, I don't care if it's NAIA, Division One, Two, Three. I'm going to go where I feel like I'm being called to go, where I can marry my, my faith and my profession. And, you know, and that's, that's almost, uh, you know, a year after that is when the opportunity at Lipscomb came about. And, and it was one of those ones that it made no sense, right? It made no sense. And I had set myself up to get a okay men's job, but the reality was it was a door that we saw in front of us that we were like, you know what, this is the opportunity that we were, we were kind of praying for as a family where we can marry the both and we we went for it and it's been amazing so uh, uh unique in that um most of us in college coaching take new jobs because we make five thousand dollars more yeah and here we got a guy who's thinking <laughs> deeply about you know why, where he's going why he's going going there and uh it's really it's it's refreshing to hear for sure it is it's it's awesome it's awesome and very impressive and You've built a really good program there too. And I know you've been chased um, a lot of these jobs and it's impressive to, to, to what you're, what you're building there. All right, let's turn our, our gears. Just, and we only got a few more. I know we, we don't want to keep you on here forever. OB, but um, let's turn our gears to the Atlantic Sun Conference. So this is one of the most interesting conferences, I think, across the country, because I feel like every year it's somebody new or somebody different. I mean, obviously you've had some great ones. You guys, Florida Gulf Coast, um, now you have, you know, North Florida coming in and now this central Arkansas is near the top. So give us a little landscape of where it is and, and how you've seen it change uh, through the time. I was on there today looking at the the um, the um, seatings or the, the standings and I, I couldn't figure it out, to be honest with you. It's a little confusing. So give <laughs> us an update and then tell us what you think about the league. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it has been confusing. I think it's been confusing for coaches and sports information directors having you know, divisional play, but with some crossover, it was kind of uh, something that hadn't been done prior within our conference. And, you know, the reality is it's, it's really kind of tricky because you've had a team like North Florida who's had a phenomenal year for the most part. They today would not make our conference tournament the way wow. they yeah. formatted. So it's, it's just very kind of unique. And, you know, for me as a coach, it's every year over the, the almost 10 years that I've been here, We've, we've yet to have three years where it's been the same group of schools. We've had teams come in, whether it's, you know, uh, Northern Kentucky or NJIT or, you know, teams coming in and out so that it's kind of been a conference in flux. So for me, it's just about trying to, to learn the new teams and, and go out and be the best you can be. We are all hoping as a, a coaching group that in 2022, we're going to have just a set table. We're going to get to play everyone once and ultimately – you know, it'll be a clean regular season winner and a clean these top eight make it. Because right now, when you don't play everybody, some teams that are, are doing well in terms of their overall ace on record, um, 
you know, they're not doing as well divisionally. And, and, and it's funny because we have probably, if we had a clean table, we'd be at the top of, we'd be tied for first place. But in actuality, at the moment, we, in terms of tiebreakers, are sitting like third in our division. So it's really a little bit mind-boggling. I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful as we move forward that, you know, the, the conference in and of itself will, will kind of see maybe some of the inequities that are happening in 2021, and, and we won't see that moving forward. But um, there's some good teams. Yeah, UCA's uh, Central Arkansas is a new team. We plan this upcoming weekend, and, you know, there's a very good chance that's going to determine – uh, the, the West division regular season champion and who gets hosting rights. And so it's a big one for us and for them. And, you know, excited because we've never played them. It'll be the first time yeah. in, in our program. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You have, um, you have Vanderbilt right next door. Yeah. Um, do you guys, do you guys play or what, what's that relationship like and how's that all go together? Yes. Really good. Uh, Darren's a friend. Uh, we play pretty much every year. They, they took a little break when we got good and we, we were able to beat them. Um, he, he took a little bit of a break, but what a uh, shocker. What a shocker. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's added us back. Um, and, and they beat us this year. They beat us two nil scored two goals. It was kind of a really odd situation within the first couple minutes of the game. And then, then we just couldn't get back into it. So, uh, but yeah, they're on our schedule and, and hopefully that will be, um, just a continued, you know, we update that contract where we're playing year yeah. in and year out, but it's, it's a, it's an easy game. We know it's going to be competitive. Thankfully for us, we're a, a school that a lot of teams want to play because our RP, RPI is normally pretty good. Um, you know, and, and someone, you know, if, if they want to schedule us can, can get a top hundred, you know, win is, is typically what they, <laughs> why they want to schedule us. He's being very, mo he's being very modest, Chris. I played him a number of years ago and I haven't tried to reschedule him since we survived the game because uh, they were so good. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. As soon as he left, I go, we ain't playing them again for a long time. No, very, very good team. All right. Is it me, Chris, or you? It's me. All right. Two things, Kevin, we'll get you out of here. First, um, have you ever had to, while you're on the road recruiting and Todd's there, go picking with him? Has he made you go picking? I have gone picking with Todd Yelton, yes. But yes. I would be a liar if I didn't say I, I enjoy it to myself. I am not, <laughs> okay. I'm not an avid picker like him. I'm, I mean, he, that guy goes weekly. Um, yeah. but, but I certainly can be coaxed into going uh, uh, one or two times a year. <laughs> so now we got three on the show, Chris. We got Todd. Yeah. We got Kevin. And Mark Kikorian is a little bit of a yeah, closet Mark. picker himself. So yeah, we've got I, I some. Don't we've got I don't some know pickers. if Mark's a picker. I, I think <laughs> he watches the show. He watches the American pickers. That's as close as he gets. He's not dumpster diving with Todd. I don't, Let's I keep don't it real. <laughs> Have you had to go to the dumpsters at all, Kevin? To find something. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gone to the dumpsters, but I've actually been to his house and he's opened up his basement closet doors and it is just, I mean, it, it's on the verge of hoarding. Have you ever seen the show? Hoarders? Yes, yes. I yes. mean, he's got so much junk in there. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, and then just uh, we'll take the last few minutes, Obi, and, and just tell us um, uh, again. I know we've touched on some, but give us give you a sense to just sell Lipscomb to us a little bit. Yeah, you know, it, it's a it's a place where if a kid's looking for. Um, you know, good relationships within the, the, the squad and the coaching staff. You know, I, I, would, I would say we're kind of a, a transparency, you know, based women's soccer program where, where we're going to be honest with the kids. Uh, there's a great level of trust. Um, you know, obviously we can play at a relatively high level, um, but it's small, private, Division One, high academics and in a great city. So uh, it's a wonderful sell for, for kids that fit that niche and you know, and, and any transfers that maybe aren't enjoying their current environment, but uh, love everything about it. And um, yeah, just thankful that I get this opportunity to share uh, with you guys how awesome it is. I tell you, I'm, I'm hoping my fingers are crossed that my daughter's going to end up in Nashville somewhere going to school. Cause I think you're right. Nashville is a fantastic city. I think it's completely underrated. And I think it's, it's got a lot of high marks, but it is to me, one of the best cities in the country. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. And hopefully I'll be visiting you some. She's, she's looking at a couple of schools not. there. I mean, you better hope not. You'd be better. I, I hope everything works out for Casey, but you don't need Matt around. <laughs> Whatever. All right, OB, we'll let you go. We know you got to get to practice, your uh, son's practice. But thanks so much for coming on. Very insightful. 
wonderful guest and uh, and most importantly um you know put it out on your uh, social media so we can get the uh, downloads because we don't really care about the interview we care about the downloads yes. <laughs> just hey, well, thanks guys so much it's a, it's a pleasure and, and really love what you're doing keep it up thanks thanks uh, good luck the rest of your season yeah yep. right, see you guys see ya. See, ya. see ya all right chris that was uh fun talking to ob uh he's doing a great job there lips come and will you leave fortune is the perfect assistant for them and and then they're doing a nice job and Hopefully they keep it going. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure they'll keep winning. I mean, it's a great yeah. combination, and he's uh, just listening to him talk. He's a bright guy, and he's got it. He's got it figured out. You know, you know, as he said, it's it's their niche, and and they're dominating it now. Absolutely. All right, Power Five time. Power Five. All right. I think some people will be very very interested in this. This this is you know this is a food category yeah. where I typically excel, but now when you start talking about healthy foods things start to maybe just a little bit. <laughs> the pendulum starts to swing back maybe towards it. But I like fruit, and I got some good ones. I'm pretty happy All with right. it. All right. So the top five, again, to remind listeners, are top five fruits. Yes. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Who's going first? I'll go first. All right. I'm going to start with number five. Number five is an important fruit because in your cocktail, you always need a lime. So I'm going with limes as number five. God, I can't. I mean, that I have absolutely no need for lime. I'm not a cocktail drinker. I'm not. A, I'm have not. Have you an ever alcohol, had a key lime pie? Have you ever uh, had a key lime pie? Oh, yeah, I do like key lime pie. I do like key lime pie. <laughs> right. But anyway, it's lime does nothing for me. Food. It's a poor choice. I'm going. My number five, I think, is maybe one of the most underrated fruits out there. The plum. Uh. <laughs> They're good. Red plums, it's green fine. plums. They're good. <laughs> producers, the producer's face is killing me. <laughs> he's, he's disgusted with both of us already. I, I think a key, uh, lime, key lime is not a lime. Key lime is his own thing, is it not? It's a key lime. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's part of the lime family. <laughs> All right. All right. Here you go. You're number four. Uh, my number four is the pineapple. My number four is the pineapple as well. There we go. What a good there choice go. you have. Matt. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I, no, no, and also there's no fresh pineapple cut yeah. properly. You know, I had an assistant, uh, Melissa Terry, who was very, very health conscious and very fit, and she could cut a pineapple perfectly, you know, because you get some bad parts of the pineapple. Yes. Tough and hard, but when you get the sweet spot, oh, oh yeah. quality. Yeah. All right. You, you, all right, my turn. My number three. Okay. My number three. The apple. Lots of different types of them. Lots of different kinds. I'm, I'm, I like the Fiji. I like the Fiji. I like the uh, Granny Smith. It's, it's a good, it's an excellent fruit. There's all kinds of varieties. So the apple is mine. I have apple on my list. Okay. I will the apple. Okay. All right. Your number two. Uh, my number three, please. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Your number three. Sorry. sorry. My number three is the cherry. Oh God, no! Cherries. Oh, uh, I ordered my milkshakes without the cherry on top. I don't like a cherry. That's yeah. not even a real cherry. <laughs> what do you mean it's not a real cherry? It's like a fake cherry. How do you have fake cherries? Like you go Chick Fil A, you get a chocolate milkshake. I go whipped cream, no like cherry. Okay, wait. Have you ever had a cherry where it's got like the pit inside of it? That's what I'm talking about, like a black cherry. I am not eating anything with a pit inside you too. That's terrible. No eating apple. It's got seeds. It's got a cork. And I cut it up. So I don't have to What's inside cork. a plum? A nut. It's a, nut. <laughs> it's a big nut. It's like a big nut. All right. My number two. This is a good one. Seedless grapes. Oh, no. Oh, take a green grape, Chris. Freeze. They, they do it at our fueling station. They freeze the grapes. Oh, delicious. Very good for your, uh, your uh, what's not digestive, but your, uh, your what's that thing? Yeah, go ahead. Tell me. I'm, I'm not going to give it to you. Go ahead. You tell me. <laughs> hydration. 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 All right. You're number two. This is My getting stupid. Number two is a watermelon. In the summer, a nice watermelon is wonderful. Seedless or not seedless? I don't care. Either way. I can't. See, I don't like the seeds. I, I can't do the seeds. Don't give me well, the seeds. You don't eat them. You're not supposed to eat them. I know, but you got to eat through them and you got to yeah, spit them you're out. You're supposed to eat it outside and spit them out. That's the best part. Oh, now you're making a mess. And they're really messy. I do like watermelon, but they're messy. All right. You're number one. You want to go yours or mine? My number one is the apple. We talked about the apple. But I am a Honeycrisp fan, just like Darren is. 
Uh, the uh, I do like the Honey Crisp. Show. Yeah, it's good. My number one, I think, is without, and this has just made me win this competition. I've won a number of these in a row, and I just won this one. My number one clearly is the strawberry. Oh, no, I don't even like strawberries. Oh, what? I don't strawberries like are excellent. No. Strawberries are pretty to look at. The coloring's nice. The taste is fantastic. You no, have in all different types. You have no. strawberry cakes, strawberry milkshake, strawberry cookies, strawberry uh, strawberries. Angel That's food cake fruit. with strawberries. Strawberries. Get fruit. <laughs> There's all kinds of use for strawberry. Strawberry. All right, here we go. My number five: plum, pineapple, apple, grape, strawberry. That's not, a winner combination. Uh, no, because the lime is going to kill it for me. No, the, uh, no, the, the cherry is going to lose it for you. Pineapple, cherry, watermelon, apple. Everybody about, uses lime, Matt. Everybody uses lime. How about none of us have said no, we? None of us said uh, uh, banana. Banana. Yeah, I, I skipped the banana. I, I skipped it. I mean, I'll I like a nice banana, but uh, I didn't make my five. Blackberry. All right, let's keep on moving. Let's keep this thing moving. Here we go. Okay. This week, right? What's up yep. coming this week? Here we go. Big games for the week. Some big games coming up ahead. Santa Clara and Pepperdine. Auburn and Arkansas. Arkansas on a way to maybe an undefeated season in, in the SEC. Uh, Duke and Notre Dame. Michigan yeah. and Penn State. Ooh, nice one. Yeah. North Carolina, Florida State. Ooh. There's a lot of good games. Granddaddy of them all right there. Uh, Texas, West Virginia. Baylor, West Virginia. Duke, Florida State. Ooh. North Carolina, Notre Dame. What's uh, a little Florida, Florida State? Right Florida there. State games away? Are they in Tallahassee. Do we know? We don't know. I think that uh, I think they're away. I think they're away. I think they're away. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Those are tough ones, but I would I would rather be have Florida State's players than their players. So it'll be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. No. Good. Good games. No. Auburn, Arkansas is a big game Thursday. Thursday night on the plains. No doubt about it. And Chris, you have what? Uh, we have Temple on a Wednesday night, which is a little bit different because we have football on Thursday. And then we have Tulsa on uh, Sunday. As we're now, does Tulsa play Wednesday too, or they play Thursday? They play Thursday. Oh, that's handy. That's nice. You get to do that. We uh, we have a double weekend as well. We have um, we're at Missouri. We fly out to Missouri on Wednesday. Play Missouri, a place we've never won or tied. We've lost every single time with Brian Blitz there. Uh, new coaching staff, so maybe oh, we can change our lives. Yeah, and uh, and then um, back home for Auburn. Senior night, Auburn, oh, yeah. big big game, big you, game on Sunday for us. You and Karen going at it again. Yeah, yeah. Ah, it's been 15 years of that now. We're uh, yeah. it's all good. Always a good game. They're they're playing really well. Yeah. All right, let's take it out. All right, go ahead. Been a good show. Ryan was great. Ob was awesome. Um, enjoyed it. Good one tonight. Good luck on your games. Good luck anybody that's listening on their games. For Monday, October 18th, College Soccer Nation is out. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.